it's okay. You're in a situation where you can't control much. So rather than trying to hold on as much as you can to the things you can control, which you know can lead to almost neurotic behavior, and I've definitely recognized that in, my, in myself, sort of running around the house aimlessly, restlessly, rather than doing that is, you know, just try to at least for a moment to just accept the things the way they are. This is Crisis Cast 2020 with me, Toby Goodman, a podcast where I get timely wisdom from experts in life and business. These guests will answer my five questions, sharing wisdom and insights to help you and me get through this global shitstorm. Today on Crisis Cast, I take you to Amsterdam for a chat with Sander Den Boer, where lockdown seems to be fairly relaxed compared to the UK and much of the rest of the world. We talk mental health, dog ownership and SaaS. In case you're unaware, SaaS, S-A-A-S, stands for Software as a Service. You know, the kind of software you find online and pay a subscription. So think apps. Sander uses his skills to help the nerds behind these products sell their stuff to those who need it most. So here's my chat with my European neighbour, Sander. Before we start the show, I have something for you if you identify as pod curious. It's perfect for you if you're an expert, consultant or business owner. Maybe you're wondering if podcasting is worth the effort, especially now, Or perhaps you've tried podcasting in the past but have been disappointed with the results. In this free guide, Podstar, I'll share the exact seven steps we use to help publish over 2,000 podcasts each month. To get instant access, go to podcastnetworksolutions.com. Xander, welcome to Crisis Cast 2020. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, hi. Hi. Thank you very much uh, for having me. So you're in Amsterdam. Yes. Tell me about your experience on a local level of, of what's been going on there. We're now at the 8th of, 8th of May. Yeah. Well, my, my personal view, at least, is that it's been a bit less messy, perhaps, than in some other countries. When it kind of started, when the lockdown was announced, people kind of complied. At first, there was a lot of panic buying and things like that. But that kind of went away relatively quickly. My feeling is that people got used to the the new sort of situation fairly quickly. And one of the things that maybe helped as well is that we never went into a full-on lockdown here. So we, it's not like in, in Spain and so on that you weren't allowed out at all. You could go for walks in the park or, you know, on the beach if you live close to the beach and things like that. So there were a lot of people, you know, exercising and you know, the shops never really closed. So they just had to introduce measures quite quickly to limit number of people in shops and things like that. But I think apart from the first week or so when it was, or two maybe when it was a bit unclear, you know, what are the rules exactly? That's how it kind of started. I think people kind of getting used to something, to to something new, no one liked it. Um, But I didn't feel a sense of, you know, huge panic either. Um, which I guess was also helped by then gradually the, the number of cases, uh, you know, first increasing, of course, but then uh, the increase kind of uh, started slowing down uh, over the, the few weeks after that. So now we're at a point where, you know, intensive care units uh, and hospitals were never really overwhelmed. They're slowly reopening things now, basically. On a personal level, I imagine a lot of your work is is online anyway but how has it affected your your personal life my work is very much online based i also 
mostly work from home or from you know whatever coffee shop i think is uh, suitable for that moment um so in that way in that sense not much actually changed um i just continued to work from home and um uh you know try to try to help my clients as best as i could um however at the same time you know an important what what's really important i think if you do work from home most of the time is um that you need you know you need to do out, things outside the house as well and that of course was pretty much taken away apart from you know daily walk in the park with the dogs um and uh, you know that's that's really affected me uh and, and i think you know for everyone so people are asking me you know how uh, people who, who normally don't work from home all the time you know they're asking me how do you how do you how do you do it how do you survive i can't work from home all the time it's killing me um and then i have to remind them you know that it's not actually this isn't sort of my normal situation either normally i do go out of my way to get out of the house um go to the gym go see friends go to see you know concerts uh whatever uh things like that yeah just to kind of keep keep your keep yourself sane and keep yourself healthy basically yeah the the conversation has definitely shifted from you know how are we going to do this online to people in the last few weeks having to find out how to do it online um and uh, those conversations about hold on what what zoom have now stopped because everyone knows what zoom is um and and has quickly shifted unless you're a doctor or a carer or a nurse or whatever and you're dealing with the actual virus has has shifted to more of a mental health conversation i think so it's interesting to have that chat i've had a number of conversations with people who are quite comfortable working remotely um and you know now we're now we're talking about those survival techniques and i've certainly found that as someone who who's been doing a lot of remote work it's it's just escaping uh not being able to escape and not knowing that you can escape to your uh, cafe of choice right with with good air con absolutely and, and just having a meaningless conversation with someone at a counter because otherwise you can just be completely alone right absolutely and that's that's exactly that, that that kind of you know escaping is also what people to some extent i think do when they go to the office if they work at a you know sort of more traditional and traditional office setting um they they sort of have their work i suppose their work life their work persona and their home life and home persona so they can kind of escape you know either work or home by going home or by going to work and that whole mechanism doesn't exist anymore um yeah you can't you can't escape and um you're kind of stuck with your with yourself and with your own thoughts i mean i guess some people are stuck with um you know maybe having lots of kids or family or you know having a really full house um other people have you know the opposite if you live by yourself then you have a very empty house and uh, in any case, there's no there's nowhere to go, and you have to kind of deal with it yourself. Um, deal with your own thoughts and your own feelings, and um, and so on. Do you live alone or with dogs? Or I live uh, with my girlfriend and two dogs and two cats at the moment. We usually just have one, but there's an, an additional cat 
that we temporarily needed to take in, okay. which is a whole different story. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we have a fairly full house. The, dog, the dogs do tend to drive us crazy uh, because we're home all the time. Yeah, again, we can sort of escape each other. Um, but yeah, apart from that, it's it's. I still would prefer, prefer this situation to to living alone and being alone most of the time. Hundred percent, hundred percent agree. So, the the questions I've been asking uh, at this point have been, you know, how we're going to get through this. It appears like we are now getting through this, but but you know, combining that with what what does the other side look like, and interested to know what your perspective is on on all of that stuff. Yeah, well, I think I mean we are getting through it, um, and I think one of the big reasons is because we just have no choice. Um, so people, you know, at, at some point, I guess you go you go through this phase of denial, and at the start you think, oh, it, it won't be as bad. Just a few weeks of lockdown, and we can get back to normal. Then it transpired that that was not realistic, and that you know this 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 situation will be with us for months, if not years, to come. Um, and that's an interesting point because that's um, you know where where people really start realizing, okay, we actually need to. We need to find a way to, to deal with this um, now in the short run when we're still, you know, pretty much fully locked down. We can't really travel anywhere and so on. And over the next, you know, sort of in the longer term, um, you know, and, and, and some people say until, you know, some kind of mass vaccination is possible, um, then we need to find ways uh, to do this. And obviously, you know, governments and, and, and trying to set kind of frameworks but what i'm also really interested in is how do you how do you do that at a at a personal level for yourself for your work for your business for your family and things like that and i think then then that that, that goes to me it really goes back to what we were just saying um you know with with the distractions because i feel like a lot of people are running into stuff sort of mentally that they otherwise wouldn't necessarily run into because they're, they're not you know, their lives are uh, less busy. They spend more time maybe with themselves or with their family and they, and there's nowhere to run, there's nowhere to hide. So, and, you know, you see people kind of taking up all kinds of things. Like, oh, we should take up courses. We should go and, you know, bake bread and things like that. And I think that's all valid, you know, of course. But then at the same time, existential crisis looms and people think, oh, but then I have to pressure myself into doing all these kinds of courses. And, you know, why are we doing all of this anyway? And then it comes down to, you know, mental resilience and kind of being able to just sit with yourself and and your thoughts and your feelings, kind of you know, maybe even meditative way or how, however you want to call it, and kind of seeing what comes up. And I think that's that because the the, the reaction is the, the situation is one where we have no control. We're just not in control. We don't even have the illusion of control. You know, we can't tell ourselves stories. Like we, you know, everyone kind of does like, oh yeah, but I'll be fine. And, you know, I'll, 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 I'll be successful in my business or in my work or, I'll, you know, be successful in my personal life because we're, I don't know, buying a house, we're getting married, we're having kids. And, you know, you can still do some of those things to, to some degree, but for a lot of people that how all of that has kind of stopped or been put on hold. Um, so yeah, so there's no more, there's, you know, there's no more narrative we can really tell ourselves uh, about 
external things in our life. So we have to kind of turn inwards uh, a bit more and and maybe try to tell ourselves a new story about, you know, it's okay that that the things are the way they are. And, you know, we just have to kind of accept that it's not going to be the same as it was before. So do you, um, do you have um, specific things that, that you started to do as a result? You're obviously aware that you don't want to go into um, learning a new language, maybe full on, but have you changed things? Because, you know, as someone who works at home a lot as well, I take it for granted that I can just go out and go down to the shops for an hour or so just to walk around somewhere, even if I don't have any intent to do anything, that's, that's there um normally for me and and now it isn't so i've been i've been aware of that so you know when when you take a break what what happens because when i take a break i just have to play a game or deal with a, a kid right but but you're not in that situation so outside of um you know caring for your pets and, and speaking with with your partner what is there anything else you've you've discovered because you've been limited and constrained um yeah it's uh well uh, it, it, i mean it's kind of the, the, you know on the, it, it's uh, what we said before kind of in a, like in a way nothing has changed for me you know in in a very direct sense uh, of the word but um yeah at the same time those um the 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 gaps or the 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 distractions are, are no longer there so um i suppose what i've been trying to do more is is just kind of you know sitting around and accepting i've got definitely have days where that's uh where that's hard um i'll be looking for distractions um you know but 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 the highest level of distraction at the moment uh i mean we can you know we're allowed to go on random walks here so you know then i might just take myself up for a walk or a little bike ride um uh you know i've also had to take my exercise routines uh uh, sort of take them home. So I'm, you know, can't go to the gym. So trying to do a little, uh, a bit of exercise at home, but I guess what I've realized here is that, you know, how much you kind of depend on, um, on these sort of external things, you know, just, just a gym you can go to, or, a, yeah, a cafe, you can go to just a, grab a coffee and, and, and get a different perspective on things. Um, so I, I guess I suppose I try to, you know, it, 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 I, as much as I can recreate those things at home, make myself initial, you know, coffee, cup of tea, sit in the garden, um, do some, some, you know, some exercise at home. Um, try to do more reading, um, um, you know, of all kinds of, 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 uh, of books that... Um, again, you know, on the one side, on the one hand to kind of distract myself, take my mind off of things, but also, uh, you know, maybe some, some books that are, have maybe slightly more, you know, spiritual edge to them, if you will, where, where the message is, it's okay. You're in a situation where you can't control much. So rather than trying to hold on as much as you can to the things you can control, which you know can lead to to sort of almost neurotic behavior, and I've definitely recognized that in my in myself. Sort of running around the house aimlessly, restlessly, rather than doing that, is you know just try to at least for a moment to just accept 
the things the way they are. You know, you might not be able to go out. Um, that contract with the client might be delayed or might never happen. Um, you know, getting new business might, might be more difficult um, for a while. And that, in a sense, is freeing as well. So, you know, the, the constraints we, we put up or the constraints we feel are largely put up by ourselves in our minds. And that is something that I've for sure noticed very, very clearly that, you know, you can, you can feel completely differently. Um, uh, I mean, as we were chatting just now before, before recording, you, want, you could have two days that look pretty much exactly the same. You do the same things, you work, you walk the dog, you, you know, have a cup of coffee uh, and you feel completely different. Uh, one day you feel kind of relaxed and in control. The next day you feel, you know, restless, out of control. Um, you feel like, you know, thing, time is slipping through your hands and you, you don't know what to do. Um, so when I feel like that, um, if I have a moment of clarity, I do try to kind of center myself, maybe do a little breathing exercise or, or something like that. Um, so, yeah, so I haven't done, um, you know, so, so th those are things I've done. I did already do previously, but, um, maybe I'm doing more of now that, you know, there's, there's nowhere to run. There's no way to, or that's, it's, it's getting, it's much harder to distract yourself. Yeah. I think we're all just more conscious of what we're doing generally. Right. That that's, and that is, that is good. I think that is good. Um, so when it comes to working, you've, you've got your own business, uh, specifically you help um, SaaS companies sell their stuff. How, how are you helping them right now? What's been your approach with that? Well, so that there's sort of a two, broadly speaking, two kinds of, uh, uh, kinds of clients at the moment. Uh, you know, there's the ones who have been hit quite badly and there's the ones who haven't been hit very badly at all. Um, so it depends a bit on, you know, the kind of industry they work in and, and, and things like that. So obviously businesses that, that cater to, um, you know, the, the hospitality industry and, and, and things like that, <clears throat> they're having a massively difficult time, just like the hospitality industry itself. Um, but I'm also seeing, you know, clients who um, work in other industries like, um, uh, you know, supply chain management, um, <clears throat> e-commerce, things like that. They are actually, um, uh, you know, they seem to be doing quite well. And um, there's, there's definitely um, scope for them to, you know, expand their business. So I'm trying to, so for the people who are, who are you know, who, who's, for whom, whom demand hasn't dried up, um, you know, I've been creating a lot of funnels with them, um, you know, trying to um, focus on, um, on, on sustaining their business and, you know, growing it as well. Um, although, you know, the, the, the message has shifted a little bit in terms of, you know, how, how you, how you can market SaaS at the moment. Um, it used to be that, uh, you know, the message was everything is, 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 uh, geared to growth, you know, will help you, um, uh, grow your business. You'll be, you'll work more efficiently. You'll sell more, you'll sell more efficiently. Um, you know, will help your, your 
whoever it is, your salespeople sell more, will help your uh, operations people be more efficient, and so on, um, which ultimately leads to growth. Now, everyone understands that, you know, e- even for, for the businesses that are doing, that are still doing well, focusing on growth at the moment is, you know, it, it just doesn't really rhyme with a lot of uh, companies, doesn't really rhyme with the, um, the, the general mood, I would say. Um, so that's so the, the the marketing's been shifting a little bit in 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 uh, direction of um, you know creating stability and creating uh, and 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 kind of um, uh, holding on to to what you have. You know, maybe maybe growing a little bit, but especially creating a stable base um, with you know your existing customers, and and that kind of messaging is also what you know the 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 companies that have been um, that are struggling a little bit more. Um, so I'm focusing with, with them. I'm kind of focusing more on retention. So you know, retention's always been important in SaaS, obviously, because it's a subscription model. Um, some some businesses are less affected at the moment because they run on uh, yearly subscriptions or two yearly even. Um, so you know their cash flow is sort of good for the moment at least. Um, but a lot of businesses have you know monthly subscriptions that can be cancelled uh, at a moment's notice, more or less. Um, so you know I'm kind of uh, helping my clients there to see opportunities to kind of market to their existing clients more because that for a lot of businesses that hasn't been a huge um a huge focus in the past few years because you know business has been good and the economy has been going well um so what a lot of businesses have been doing is just focus on new clients new business um uh, generating leads and turning them into customers so that's what i what i've been doing a lot past few years and yeah, now you can see that's kind of shifting to, well, let's try and, and keep those existing customers. And of course, you know, a lot of, there's been a lot of, most companies have people who take care of that anyway on the sales side with account managers, customer success managers, and so on. Um, but less so on the, on the marketing side. Marketing has, has been more focused on, on getting new business in the past. And now it's, you know, slowly shifting to, to trying to um, help your existing customers uh, basically be more successful and show as a, as a SaaS business that you can still, you know, th- that it makes sense for them. You can, you can generate a positive ROI for them uh, just based on their current, uh, uh, you know, on, on, on what they're doing right now. Um, and, uh, and not only that, but you're also, you know, um, my view is that, as as a SaaS business, you're not just providing a service in terms of you're providing a piece of software, but you're also providing a lot around that. So you might be providing, uh, you know, obviously guides, and you're providing them with manuals and help. So both in terms of you know a, an in-person salesperson that talks to them and says, "Here, let me show you how to do what you want to do," but also um, you know a lot of content, a lot of you know ideas on how to how to succeed in, in their business more broadly and how, you know, specific SaaS tools can help them with that. And, you know, there's the industry is starting to see that there's absolutely no reason why doing this should be limited to people who aren't your customers yet. You can very much do that 
with people who are already your customers and uh, and 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 effectively if you know <clears throat> kind of help you know make sure that fewer of your customers down the line say uh okay we don't have you know we don't have budget for this anymore this isn't our priority anymore and then uh leave your service it's really tough you know to do outbound marketing in the best of times really i mean it's doable of course but you know that retention stuff is is just so key it's been something that's driven um any success that i've had um in the past and and that stuff leads to referral anyway like it doesn't feel appropriate to be pushing out offers to people who don't know who you are right now but it does feel appropriate to say what what you're doing with us is still relevant uh, and this is why and we're going to support you so like definitely one of the first things that we did was start paying attention to the customers who we've got right now like close attention because we didn't want them to look at us and think okay well maybe we don't need this you know um and and i suppose we're luck we're, we're lucky that we have a with the podcasting you know it's it's a great time to be podcasting because a lot of people who um who maybe we're going out and doing speaking engagements are not doing that now or whatever it might be. So, so we're still giving them that platform and we, and they can do it remotely equally though, you know, the hospitality um, sector that's been hit super hard and, and the food and stuff. I have seen some great things happen. I'm not sure if I mentioned this on, on another show, but there was an Indian restaurant in the UK. We're all big fans of Indian food. There was an Indian restaurant that opened, two days before lockdown happened and they shifted straight away to safe pickup, contactless payment, all of this stuff. And then they started giving away massive discounts to the carers in the community and stuff like that. So they've actually been able to have a very successful brand new launch of a business because they changed their offer to something that was relevant for today. And they showed that they were looking out for the community. So I think uh, I saw I saw yesterday as well there's um a company who are starting to sell what they're calling the original social distancing panel or something so they're putting in basically screens that they can section off restaurants with and um and potentially open plan offices make them safer and that that's an opportunity you know you could say it was opportunistic but you know it I don't think it is in a negative way I think that's someone who's got a uh who's had a business before clearly with the ability to make things um, and they've aligned it with what people are thinking about. I think, I think what will be interesting with that one when I saw it, cause I thought, Oh, that's really good. And as far as the UK is concerned, there's not been any official guidelines yet on what is and isn't acceptable. So I hope for their sake that it's, uh, it's what they're making and trying to sell is, is going to be accepted within the guidelines of the country, right? So you've got, you've got to kind of find out what's going to happen. So um, I'm, I'm interested to know, you know, you're a, you're a switched on guy involved in uh, some, some good communities. So I'm wondering if um, what you've seen that's impressed you or, you know, since this started, what, what kind of innovation have you seen and, and behavior that you've seen that has impressed you or, or surprised you in a negative way? I don't know. I don't know. Either, both. Yeah, well, um, I've been kind of thinking about that, and 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 um, I mean, some some that, that 
there's um, there's been some negative things as well in terms of um, well, you know, I mean, you mentioned behavior. You know, I think overall um, it, it's a kind of thing where you know, ninety whatever five percent or something of the people. Um, are actually, you know, really are trying to to make this work. Are really trying to, uh, you know, kind of uh, give each other space uh, in road. Be kind of considerate, um, and uh, kind of, you know, really trying to understand, you know, uh, what can I do, what shouldn't I do? Okay, I can't visit, you know, elderly parents or grandparents and things like that. But you know, I've been seeing a lot of people sort of um, walking up to to other people's houses and then chatting to them through the window or being on the phone to, to other people. And, you know, the, the one person's inside, the other person's outside. Some people are showing their babies to each other and things like that through the window. Uh, and I thought, ah, oh, that, that's quite nice, you know, and, and I think that kind of thing is, is, is really nice. It's quite heartwarming to see other people, you know, seem to uh, take the situation as a, as an opportunity to, to, you know, to unfortunately be slightly impolite boss people around, you know, shout at them if they think they're doing things incorrectly, you know, if they're not keeping enough distance or, or something like that, you know, so I've, I've definitely been shouted at, um, you know, just on, on the road or in, in the park for no particular reason. So it just puts people on edge, I suppose. So it gets, it brings that side out of, out of people as well, unfortunately. There's so much natural behavior though, isn't there? There's so much like yeah. being in a shop and just, you know, just squeezing past someone is such a natural thing to do. Uh, and and I, I don't think I've done it, but I've seen people do it and I've seen that. Um, I've not been involved in e- either of those things. There's a, a canal just just right near me and uh, and it's it's narrow, right? So so that's that's a strange thing you know the etiquette of passing someone you have to kind of jump into a bush to make sure that you're you're far away from them so i'm trying not to do it and and what's happened is that the people who live on the boats in that canal have now put up signs outside their their boats because they're getting freaked out with runners coughing and spluttering as they run past and stuff so i i kind of understand why people are, are on edge with that and and you think Part of me is thinking, well, you know, what what is it they don't get? And the other part of me is just thinking, oh, God, of course, you know, until the other week, this was totally fine. Like what they were doing is totally fine. And if someone's in their own head thinking about their own stuff, then then it's that I don't think they meant to, you know, I don't think they meant to squeeze past me or or whatever it might be. So I think I think we've got to be a bit careful about about that as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're kind of rewriting the, you know, some of the social rules and and things like that, how to behave in public and what is acceptable, what isn't. Um yeah, it's it's definitely if anything uh, an interesting, you know, view into how people how how people work. And you know, and, and in terms of uh, you know, sort of from a from a from a business perspective, I mean, I mean because you you know, you mentioned uh, the hospitality and then you know restaurant business earlier and um what we're seeing here is also people are or you know the, well the shops never really officially you know were, were forced to close but a lot of them did anyway because big you know closed shops and things like that they just felt they couldn't responsibly you know uh cater to to um, to shoppers and so on so now that's all um you know slowly being reopened um 
and you know companies who kind of follow that kind of footfall and stuff like that they're saying you know we're at i don't know 40 percent footfall of, of where, where things used to be and things like that so to me it really shows that in a lot of uh industries you know the things that were going on and especially in retail things that were going on uh trends that, that we were seeing are just going to be accelerated so you know a lot of people are warning for and we're already warning for the uh demise of the high street and things like that uh that's likely to just you know continue um except for probably the you know savvy entrepreneurs who, who kind of understand um, you know, what people are looking for. People are already looking for, you know, an experience. Uh, you know, you don't just go to the shop to buy something. It's, it's a day out. It's an experience and so on. That's right. That's right. And we've been talking, we've been talking about the demise of the high street for 20 or 30 years now. You know, this is, this is something that, that is, is a constant, certainly in the UK. And I imagine where you are, you know, Amazon comes along and, and all of that. But, uh, you know, people, I think people are, I think there might be a rise of the high street once there's uh, once we're safe, right? Like once there's a vaccine and all of that. I, I think that because I think people will really realise that when they when they've been completely um, unable to have that social experience as part of the as part of their shopping, maybe maybe we will find that certain things that were more online. Um, since since Amazon and all of that stuff, maybe we'll find more stuff, uh, more value in having a conversation with someone who can recommend, uh, you know, what product to buy and all of that with a human because we just missed um, having conversations with people in a location. Absolutely. So maybe not, you know, maybe it won't all be um, cafes and, and hairdressers, you know, which seems, which seems mm. to be most high streets it, it, it'll probably be a mix of uh, a mix of, of of all of those things your 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 cafes hairdressers and um and yeah shops i mean there's another example i was reading about um just last week i think from uh, uh suit supply which is a dutch suit selling company suit retailer and um, you know their uh, business model is you know somewhat you know not the cheapest but definitely affordable um suits and they also have uh you know they also tailor them so the idea is really for you to go in you know and and it's not so i mean they have you know obviously they have online uh online shop and everything but it's much more of an offline model where you go in you get measured and so on just like uh you know sort of traditional tailor um so they've been uh, looking at ways to, to 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 go around this, and you know, a very simple solution they found is um, to to come up with a custom-made sort of uh, pl- plastic kind of screen um, with gaps where then you know the whoever sort of measuring someone can kind of uh, so they, they you know the, the client, the customer, and the and 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 the and the shop person stand on opposite side of the screen. Um, and then, you know, the, 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 whoever's measuring the, the, the customer can shove their hands through a gap, measure them, uh, and do whatever they need to do without, you know, so that they're, they're close to each other, but they have a screen between them and they can still you know, do whatever they need to do. Um, so I see, you know, and that's obviously a very low tech solution, but I think technology until, yeah, until we're safe and then, 
you know, we can, we can look at, at, at very different things again, but until, you know, that moment happens, I think technology has a huge role to play. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, retailers really can, can, can benefit from combining, um, you know, just putting a, a few screens and a few iPads here and there, making sure that there's enough, you know, ways to, wash your hands, sanitize your hands and things like that. So people can kind of combine a, you know, more online experience, looking at products on a screen with, you know, actually talking to someone face to face in a shop. I think there's a lot of opportunities there and that'll, that'll probably just, you know, get sped up. Um, and, 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 you know, I guess a lot of, a lot of, well, a few businesses um, will probably go under in the next few months. But a few other ones, you know, like that, like that um, Indian restaurant that you mentioned, are probably, you know, really set to to become the next next generation of of, of, of successful retailers and successful uh, hospitality businesses, food service businesses. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Well, look, uh, Sandra, thanks so much for your time. It's been great, great listening to your experience and uh, and where you Thank are, you. And, and I appreciate your. Uh, honesty and you know in 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 talking about the challenges the personal challenges of, of kind of getting through it but but yeah I think the the head game is is an important one uh, at this stage of the game and um you know all being well I will speak to you soon and thank you very much for joining us great thank you very much Toby speak soon as well this episode of Crisis Cast 2020 was produced by me in London and Kate Astrakhan in Michigan, with artwork by Ryan Field and sound design by Lee Turner. Crisis Cast 2020 is a production from Podcast Network Solutions, a full-service podcast production company who are ready to help you plan, record, produce, and promote your message with podcasting. To find out more and grab your copy of Podstar if you're feeling pod curious, visit us at podcastnetworksolutions.com. <laughs>